one thing I miss about the military um, it's the uh, I mean I don't, I don't really know how to word it I kind of talked about it in my retirement speech but it was uh, it was being around a group of people that was all willing to do hard things um, like all the time so I don't know if that's the mil actually I know that's not the military that that is specifically at regiment and certain other tribes um it just people are just kind of down you know like i mean you don't really if someone were to walk in and say hey you know we're gonna run 40 miles today um there'd be some like angry people but they'd be putting their shoes on while they were angry you know Welcome to the Leading with Vulnerability podcast. Everybody knows me. I'm your host, Yuma Barnett. And on the other side of the camera there, I'm sure you all see a familiar face. We have uh, Ray Perez. Now we're just a couple of uh, retired army guys sitting around, uh, you know, using a podcast as an excuse to catch up and and, uh, shoot the breeze because that's one thing I definitely miss about Ray being up in Arkansas now. Uh, But Ray, he's going to have a couple firsts here on the podcast. He's the first virtual guest. So I hope this all goes well and i'm glad it's ray because i know if it messes up he won't he won't uh he won't kill me on it and two he'll be the first uh person to have back-to-back episodes so we had his retirement speech last week which got huge feedback and i got a lot of emails and messages about it so if you haven't watched it go look at ray's retirement speech and talk about refocusing and, and resetting on your life and really realizing things is uh that speech will definitely do it and uh um i'm just happy to have you on here uh it's good to see you uh new baby in the house you look well rested so so that's good uh i know i was i didn't look that good after having a new baby so you must be doing something right uh, but uh most people know you but for those who don't i'll let you reintroduce yourself to to new listeners or people who haven't seen you before and we'll, we'll we'll get on with uh catching up yeah thanks yuma dude it's really good to uh it's really good to see you man the uh uh, yeah, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Ray Perez. I, I came into the Army. I grew up in South Texas, um, really a kid that grew up on ranches and working on, in the cotton field and stuff in the summer. Uh, came into the military in uh, 2006 and did, you know, to 2022, so about 16 years uh, before I, I medically retired, actually. Um and now my family and I are out here in Northwest Arkansas. I'm, I'm actually sitting in Cape Springs right now. Um, we just moved out here, closed on our house in January 31st. And I work for an organization called the University of Health and Performance. It's a symbol right here. Um, essentially focused on creating 21 day, uh, a 21 day experience, primarily in the veteran population to build trainers that are better connected with themselves as well uh, so that they can connect with their customers. Um, that's a, that's essentially the focus of the business. And I, I am the VP of strategy in the business. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, welcome back, Ray. You took a different route than me. You hit the ground running coming out of, uh, out of your service when you transitioned and I took the more laid back, uh, California approach, but, uh, I think they both ha- have value and we'll discuss that a little bit. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, now that you're through the med board process and you're now transitioning out of service i know a lot of people you probably saw a lot when you were transitioning i know see i see a lot that are going through the med board process and it can be kind of confusing uh while you're in it it can be extremely confusing whether you're deciding whether that's something you want to do or not i I was just wondering if you could give us any of your general thoughts on the meb process and some stuff you might have learned learned from that for some of the listeners yeah i think 
I think everybody's process is is different in that it's a it was a for me it was really um there was a huge stigma behind MEB for me that that uh pushed me away from looking at a medical evaluation board or like um it it essentially said then at that point that I was accepting that I was not going to uh attempt to continue on or do what I had to you know and it almost felt like I wasn't fully committed anymore at that point. Um, but really, it's it was uh, after going through the process. Uh, one, I I think one of the most challenging parts about the MEB is there are so many people that speak about it that have never done it. Um, that like many other things, it breeds in opinion as opposed to perspective, and um, and I think that. Uh, makes it really challenging to make uh, to be honest in rooms or like to you know if you if you have certain like you know I got a lot of back and hip stuff going on um, and rightfully so man we had a lot of fun for a lot of years and there was just a price for it and it, I mean I still think it's worth it but the uh, um, you know it's just I think overall that the biggest lesson that I pulled away from it was that you can be honest uh, you don't have to listen to everybody's, uh, I can't tell you how many people told me to like, uh, you know, say a certain thing in a certain room. So to walk in and pretend like I couldn't remember something or, uh, you know, that, you know, that my, my, my family was owed this money, yada, yada, yada type of thing. Um, when in all reality, all I had to do was be able to articulate my injuries to the fullest extent um, and feel safe in saying it. Uh, and so I, I think that's probably the bigger piece is, is if you have to convince yourself uh, of an injury or something, you know, or, or try and dig for something, it's you don't you don't need to do that. That's not what the process is made for. So it's it's uh, I mean, we all know people who, you know, and it's and, and sad. And I mean, I think the VA I mean, I know the VA knows this. It, you see people who sit behind a desk for. 18 years and then have a TBI or PTSD at the end of it. Um, and it's kind of sad because the people who, you know, who actually deal with stuff are, um, they're not going to, they're not, they're not going to speak up at that point, you know? So I, I think the, the process was very help, helpful. It was efficient. Um, uh, there was a lot of unknown, but it was, it was very clear to me that there was going to be a lot of unknowns. Um, at one point I did feel kind of like, just like, a uh, like someone they were just kind of like looking at and almost examining, uh, to determine, like, I don't know that it, it, I felt it, I felt very, uh, it felt like a very un, like, you know, not, not very connected experience. So, but it, but overall, it, I mean, it was pretty good. Uh, one question I, I'm curious to ask as, as you talk about it there, when you're talking about the MEB process, was it harder to say to yourself first, like, hey, I, I can't do this anymore or this hurts? Or was it harder telling the doctors and physicians? Was it was it harder for you to own it or for you to be open with it once you went into the process? Um, definitely myself. Um, I think the... Uh, well, I don't know, Bill, because saying it to other people made it real. So it was, uh, it might have, it might have actually been others because I, I knew 
I mean, my, my back and my leg and, um, I had had points where, you know, I couldn't really like even walk. Right. Uh, and you know, like I couldn't go upstairs straight anymore. I had to kind of like turn to the side a little bit so that my leg wouldn't go to sleep and, um, little things like that, you know, like it, that were embarrassing, I think. Um, and I figured I could work my way around it. Uh, that was, that was probably the hardest part, but then I, I don't know, man, cause like saying it made it real. So it, it was, uh, it was like the point of commitment. I knew, I knew that our people were, once I voiced it, that they were going to take care of me and taking care of me may have meant giving me something that I didn't exactly want at the time, you know, but I needed it, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. I think uh, when you're speaking there again, I think I, I realize it as we always know that we have these, you know, the back hurts or the hip hurts. It's the accepting of it, you know, accepting yeah. it and, and then and then being open with it is also hard. You know, I, I realize that as well. So I went into that question thinking you're going to say yourself, but the way you explained it, I think we always know it's just that accepting and then telling other people does it makes it real because now it's on paper and it's for everybody to see. So. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult process. And for those going through the MEB or thinking about the MEB, everybody I've talked to, including yourself, uh, the process was pretty good for them, right? You just kind of had to stay on top of it. And I know I know you did. You stayed on top of it. You didn't get lazy or wallow in it. You had to stay pretty, pretty tight in. You were driving all over Georgia to knock out appointments. Does it take a lot of proactivity on your on the on the service members part if you want to get it done in a timely fashion? Yeah, I mean, I, there's almost like a, it, it's almost like a pivot point. So like up to the point of, of the medical, like uh, of going into a, a medical retirement or whatever it's going to be, a medical evaluation, all of that is on the provider side. So it's all on the doctor's side. You just have to listen to them. I mean, they're, they're probably been telling you for years and guys like our cases where, you know, like it, that. You know, they know about all the things. They've seen you in physical therapy week after week after week. They, they know about all of it. So it's not, you know, a far shot. Um, so before the, you know, the, they're, they're the ones who decide if, the, if that board is right for you. You have to decide if you actually want to talk about everything um, to the fullest extent with them. Uh, because in all reality, you, you probably like I, I knew deep down inside how bad my leg and my and my hip. I mean, there was a, a point where, um, you know, I lost feeling in my leg for days, you know, and, and I was able to cover it up. But, you know, it, it was uh, it sucks, you know, so <laughs> the. Uh, um, really, after that point, once you are on that, the decision like your proactivity has to do with just showing up on time and being like being completely open to the needs of of uh the providers that are trying to help you so you know if someone calls you from uh, if they ask you you know do you, do you want to wait three months or do you want to drive to south carolina i mean it, to me that's a pretty easy decision you know like um because i wasn't just trying to sit in the army and you know just sit around. Yeah, that's just not, that wasn't my goal. I mean, you know me, that's not, that's not me. So. Yeah, it's definitely not the way you're wired. And I think we could probably spend a whole hour just talking about MEB and, and lessons learned there, but I'll transition on to 
the other part of your transition as a, as a whole, uh, you know, I just, we both just completed our transition within the last six months, learned a lot of things. And again, that's probably a whole nother topic in itself, but I just wondering what, what did you learn in your transition for anybody that's out there in that? What, what would you do differently? What are some must do's that others that maybe you didn't know that were blind spots that, that, that are highlighted in that hindsight is 2020 part. Um, one of my lessons learned is, I, so I didn't do an internship. Um, I was actually adamantly against it. I, I, I think deep down inside, I'm, I'm uh, against unpaid internships um, for a for-profit business because I, I understand that you're creating or producing something for them um, that they're benefiting from. And, and if you don't, like, it just doesn't make sense to me. That's not the point of business. We're you know, business to take care of each other, but, um, but I, I think I was wrong. Uh, I think that the internships are a great way to feel out that what people are actually doing in the business, not what they're saying, because talk is cheap. Um, so, uh, I actually, I, I, I reversed course and started telling people like you, you should do these internships. Um, even if it's purely, I think there's two different sides to that and, and not as in like, uh, an entirety, but I think you have the side of the business where you're watching, you know, what they're doing. And then secondly, you have how you're watching yourself and how you react or respond to certain stimulus in the business. So, you know, if there's, if there's things that are highly creative that you weren't, uh, turned on to before, you now have a sense to where you know, you realize like, Hey, I, you know, I did that for three hours and I didn't even realize what time it was where as opposed to sitting in this other meeting, you know, it was, uh, it was like a life suck, you know, those life suck meetings are worth it in the end. If it feeds a purpose, if it, if it feeds an overall end state that you're going after. Um, but I think it's important to fill that out in yourself in the transition of like knowing, Hey, this is a different environment. Um, a lot of things are the same. They're going to look the same in simplicity, but, uh, but you have the ability to like really engineer your environment a lot more in the civilian world than you do, uh, in the military. So, um, you know, take advantage of it, tell people what you want, what you need and produce for them, produce results. Um, you know, when you show up, produce threefold results. Um, and you do that by engineering your day, I think, or that's, I think that's a big piece. And, you know, I talk about Cal Newport's work, uh, deep work, you know, he, that's a lot of that stuff focuses in that you're, you're responsible for creating that day for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. I didn't take advantage of the internship, uh, just cause I didn't, but I, I know people who have, and they've benefited greatly from it. And, uh, it's still kind of surprising how many people don't know that that's an option out there to do through, uh, uh skill bridge and through other platforms, if you're coming from the soft community. So I think that's great advice. It's a good way to touch your toe in the market. And it, even though you get unpaid, if you go in there and perform like the people that we know, that pay that comes at the end of it might be exponentially greater than if you just started without that internship. So there's a lot, a lot of things to gain from that. So um, let's talk a little bit about your preparation for exit. Now, I know you were pretty well prepared. I mean, your education was complete, even, you know, primary, master's level education. Um, you were interviewing and, and talking and cultivating your own emotional intelligence. And you're doing a lot of things that people don't do before they transition 
but now that you look back on it, how, how prepared were you for the exit or maybe what surprised you about the exit that you didn't prepare for? Um, I think the, what surprised me is that because it's all under your control, you, you are, um, you can be as hungry as you want to be and, and drive as hard as you want to. Uh, but you still like, it, it's really important to like set goals that are, you know, like quarterly goals or an, annual goals or, you know, short and long-term, however, whatever you want to call it. It's important to set those because, um, dude, when people see that you work hard, you know, like it's, it's not unreasonable for them to ask you to do more, you know, especially if you enjoy it or thrive in it. Um, but when you look at the entirety of, you know, like what the difference is, you know, like a, a lot of people, I, one of the things I learned in transition is that there are so many people who did not do the type of work that we did or the amount of time. And I'm not saying, you know, that's, that's their opinion. It's the way that they did it, but they are so ready. They have this like idea of what your mindset is as you're transitioning. And it's just, like if you're not careful that you'll actually let them convince you of it, you know, like you'll, you'll let them convince you that like you're too tired or you're too, or, or, you know, like you're too far behind or, you know, like all this stuff that's not even real, dude. Like, I mean, who in life, if, if there's someone in life who thinks they've made it, they have already lost, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're we're, we're all on a, on a journey, man. We're, we're all working towards something. And, um, so I mean, we haven't, none of us have figured it all the way out. It's okay to be confused. It's okay to not know. Um, but at the same time, like where you don't compromise is on your values. If you know, you, you do not like, no matter what, if I can't, if I can't be grateful, present and creative, if I can't do those three things for the things that matter to me, um, um, and if something is not a value add, I have to be honest with myself and either cut it or, or, or accept that I am, I am voluntarily moving into a space that is outside of where I want to be in 30 years. It is, it is probably having impacts that um, are, you know, they're going to be pretty heavy later on. Yeah, that's true. Great points. And um, you and I, like I said, we both are recently retired. Um, so what has, since you retired, you spent, you know, you're from basically high school through when you retired in the military. What, what's retirement life been like? What's it surprised you? I know we spoke on the phone the other day and I said, you know, I was surprised at how much time I didn't gain. I thought I was going to get out of oh, the yeah. military and gain all this time, but it actually, I think I lost time now that I'm home with the kids and I'm helping do more things around the house and trying to stand up a business and do all that. Uh, so uh, that was, whereas in the army, I knew where I was going to be from 545 in the morning till six yeah. o'clock at night every day. And I had that time where now it's, uh, it's not as, I have less structure now, you know, than I did in the military. And I had to find a way to kind of replace that. But that was my shock. Uh, what, what have you, what, what, what's some of the one thing that maybe stands out to you since you retired that you didn't expect? I, I didn't, I think it's kind of the same thing. It's, it's, uh, I didn't realize how much, um, I tried to appreciate how much it took to run a household, 
Um, but I didn't, dude, I had no idea, man. Like, you know, and the, uh, so, uh, so yeah, there, there is, uh, it, it goes back to the, I mean, it was just the, the whole, what was it? Active military spouse day or veteran spouse day or something like that recently. Um, but it goes back to the, the appreciate, like probably the reason that day came about was, you know, like Hollywood elevates, um, I see you have the into the breach right behind you. You know, I have it right behind my right shoulder or, uh, but, you know, like images like that, those are, they sell, they, you know, they create energy. There's an emotion there. Um, They don't have pictures or very many, I guess they do, but like, we don't put them up on our wall or make movies about the woman who's, you know, taking their two children to the emergency room at midnight uh by themselves because their husband is the breach yeah yeah exactly dude like that stuff was easy dude that makes sense the uh uh you know a two-year-old trying to lick an emergency uh an emergency room chair while uh another one is like vomiting and has fever you know like that you don't like there's no selection that gets you ready for that like it's uh so uh, and and not only that, like everything matters. They they see everything that you do. Your kids see everything. You know everything you do or don't do. And um, and so it's it's you know it's just it, it's completely different, man. I mean, it's the I I think that I didn't understand that, and I also didn't understand how um uh challenging it was going to be to uh. I didn't realize how, how, well, no, I did, but we were were just very lucky to be around as many people as honest as we were with each other Um, because it's not that way everywhere, you know, and like people, you can write all the HBR articles or McKenzie can do all the studies they want to. Uh, In the end, we are selfish by nature and and, um, it, it, it like, we there's like this just this certain point of uh if you're talking to another ranger or i just met a 10th group guy earlier today uh randomly in in just a random barber shop i tried to get a haircut but um ran into a you know random 10th group guy super honest uh just seemed very engaged um but it, there's just like this level that like you can trust uh someone that's been cut from a certain cloth and like and you don't have it everywhere out here someone might be asking you a question to determine how they want to you know like use you know your intent another way they can you know you can uh but it but it's not all it it, it, i i feel like it's uh i also didn't realize how much i was going to enjoy the energy of that uh in terms of if you know, like, yeah, the, the world's got a whole lot of distrust in it, and it's got a lot of, like, selfishness to it, but what I find, what I love, what I, what I love doing and I enjoy doing, um, or I try to do, and I know I fail at it all the time, is I try and, like, once someone realizes that they can be honest, or that they can be, you know, that's, a, it's an, a, it's a huge, it's an amazing moment to watch someone move from one extent to another and know that they have a relationship where they can do that 
it's not them against the world. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's uh, so I, I don't know. There's I think there's a lot of energy, a lot of positivity to it. You know, just like anything else that has its downsides. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so two more questions on the transition, and we'll uh, kind of transition, if you will, to a, a couple other questions. Um, transition. I always talk about transition being a team sport. You know, it's a team sport with the people you're networking and mentoring with, but it, the probably the biggest part of that team is the family, right? And uh, mm-hmm. and the family dynamic. How did transition and the family dynamic go with you? Because we know a lot of people that get out of the military, you know, 10 or 15 years or with a wife and a couple of kids. What were some keys to success or some failures you had in the, in the, with moving the family up to, to Arkansas and starting a new career in life outside the army? Yeah, it was really fast. So, I mean, we, we, um, so Casey had, you know, Casey had, uh, our son, uh, right up the street in Fayetteville, uh, 20 minutes away, but she didn't meet her doctor until the third trimester. Um, and, and these are all things we went in with eyes wide open, but, uh, I don't, you know, I don't know if I'd advise it, you know, otherwise, you know, unless you think the other, the upside to that though, is we are already where we're going to be for a little bit. Uh, I think, um, where we're going to be for a little bit and, you know, we, you know, Olivia's meeting little kids out on the street. We know our neighbors now there's, um, you know, we're not, we don't have this pending move on the way. Um, and secondly, you know, there's this layer, uh, I was talking to Don, uh, to Don Barton about this. Um, he was actually the one that, that brought this term into, uh, into like, it, when I was talking to him about it is he said, you know, there's like a layer of, uh, creative deconstruction that can happen. And so now that we kind of, we made that move over here, um, and it was quick and we made it happen. Um, it also proves we're not locked down anywhere. You know what I mean? So we had a career where we were, we were all in Fort Benning, uh, but we're not really locked down anywhere. There's good store. There's good schools in a lot of different places. Uh, what matters is, you know, where does, where Casey wants to go. So where my wife wants to go and then what is best for the kids. Uh, and then I'll do, I'll, I'll throw down anywhere, man. I'll be whatever we can. And now just like we're collect connecting here, uh, we're in a different world now than pre COVID, you know, that we are, it, it is completely, we've learned to connect in a much more intimate level, uh, digitally to have real conversations, to look at each other. Um, I think we look at our computers differently now, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So, um, I think there's a ton of opportunity there, but so, uh, there's ups and ups and downsides to it. Um, Northwest Arkansas is probably the most family oriented town I've ever, uh, been in up in, up near Benville. I'm in cave Springs, uh, a place called Hyde park. It's actually a regiment guy that lives a couple streets down the, uh, Brooks B list lives right down the street from me. Uh, he was an officer in three, seven, five, I believe. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I mean, there's, there is a certain energy to here that is really nice. Uh, I'm glad we got here, but yeah, at the same time, you know, like we're, we're going to continue to rethink and reevaluate and make sure that we are, um, 
serving other people and then taking care of our family, you know, and if we're not doing that where we're at, we're, we're, you know, we'll, we'll move. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think you said a key, key word in there that some of us, a type males forget. You said we a lot, you know, it's you and your spouse. I know you it's, it's cliche, but I know from watching you transition, there was a lot of communication between you and your wife of where you're going to live. And, and, you know, you being who you are, you were just, you know, I'll kind of, you would go anywhere and, and make it work and grind it out. And you're just happy being with the family and, and, and doing good things and serving people. Uh, one more thing about the military. What's one thing you miss about the military and one thing you'll, you're glad you're never going to have to do again. Yeah. Um, one thing I miss about the military, um, it's the, uh, I mean, I don't really know how to word it. I kind of talked about it in my retirement speech, but it was uh, it was being around a group of people that was all willing to do hard things, um, like all the time. So I don't know if that's the mil. Actually, I know that's not the military. That that is specifically at regiment and certain other tribes. Um, it just people are just kind of down, you know. Like I mean, you don't really if someone were to walk in and say, Hey, you know, we're going to run 40 miles today. Um, there'd be some like angry people, but they'd be putting their shoes on while they were angry. You know what I mean? Like, and the, uh, at the same time, if they walked in and said, you know, we want you to learn this, uh, software, uh, project management software in 24 hours, uh, there'd be people that would be angry and throwing stuff, but they'd be clearing, they'd be wiping the whiteboard off as they were figuring out how to do it. You know what I mean? Like it, so uh, the, the, there's that step, the commitment is always there. Um, that's what I, that's what I miss. Uh, what I don't miss, and, and it's funny because I look talking to a lot of people. Um, they're like, you know, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to where they're like, man, you know, I could have never done that. I, you know, I, maybe I would have been good in the military, but I just don't like listening to people. I'm like, dude, none of us like listening to people. Are you kidding with me? Like, what you, the, uh, so I, I think the biggest part is like, um, what I love about the business world is you either produce or you don't. And if you don't produce, it doesn't matter how much talking you do. It doesn't matter how much messaging you can do all those things. You just don't make money. And like people don't give you resources. They are not going to, I'm not going to, entrust my resources to Amazon if deliveries are late all the time. And guess what? There's, there's, there's someone who's sitting around all the time uh, that if Amazon started to slip, they're ready to pick up right where they messed up and take, and take the market from them. Obviously, Amazon might be a bad example on that one, but um, I love that about business. It's it, because it really stays focused. It can stay focused on actually reaching goals, not just messaging towards them. Um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, it was one of the things that, that, um, I think the hierarchy of the military really made me frustrated at times, uh, was, you know, there are people that believe that, uh, writing something in a policy makes it real and <laughs> it makes it about as real as it was right before that policy, you know, like, um, uh, so yeah, I, I enjoy that. And, and, and that's out, that's in the outside also, but, uh, that's just something. Yeah. That's, I think that's what I don't miss. Yeah. Yeah. You can see in the military, uh, it's the, one of the places, maybe the only place 
where you can say you're going to do something and not deliver and nothing bad really happen about it. You just move on to the next training event. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, whereas on the other side, you gotta, you have to deliver because somebody's that money's real on the other side of the, uh, of the uniform. So um, you're one of the people that really took advantage of education before you left. I mean, you got mm-hmm. your undergrad while you're in service, you know, gr- rowing away. Um, you were the first NCO, as everybody knows, to go up to Emory and crush on active duty. Um, and we've talked a lot about your MBA when you were still here, about how that was translating into what you did in the 75th for your last couple of years that you're here. Now that mm-hmm. you're on the other side with the MBA, now, how are you seeing that, like, come to light now, that Emory MBA? And do you, you know, honestly, I feel like an MBA is, should be uh, borderline a transition requirement for uh, anybody who plans on going into business for themselves or with an existing firm. Um, because they're, there is so much that you do in the military that is reproduced in the civilian world, just in using different words. And those, those words though, they come down to very technical skills that you have to develop. Um, you, you just can't say, I make things more efficient. You might actually have to be able to articulate that you can integrate uh, and automate uh, through software systems, uh, 13 steps, uh, you know, a, a 30 minute process down to a two minute process um saving you know this much money you might be able to to get down to that level um but yeah i think i think the mba it was just once again it was it was being around a common cohort that was willing to do this very hard process uh and you learn from each other and uh and obviously the professors um i think it should be uh you know borderline requirement or some level uh um I think people really deserve it. You know, they, they, no, they don't, they, I think, I think they could really, it could be a very useful experience. Obviously I'm biased in that decision. Uh, but I, I wouldn't understand how to do a cash flow risk analysis or, um, know whether or not we are, you know, strategically in terms of return on investment, looking at larger steps and leverage points in the business. I wouldn't be able to, to say, you know, like, where do we focus? If I didn't have that uh, MBA background, uh, not to mention the professors that I still reach out to, so um, yeah, I, I I found it invaluable for me, um, and I think it also showed me it, it it proved to me that I can compete in the space that was outside of us, um, and there are a lot of good people out there, you know, like our my Emory cohort was awesome, uh, so. Um, you know, I, I met people like Trey Winter, Cassidy, uh, Cassidy Jones, uh, Will Segura, uh, Haranya, you know, like it, they, I, I met a bunch of different people, uh, there, um, that man, they're, they're there for me right now. Um, you know, if I were to decide to decide that we were going to go back to Atlanta, it would not be a tough decision, uh, not to mention the mentors I've gained there, but, um, but yeah, I, I think it's a, it's incredibly valuable. Um, plus, it it allows uh, like you're doing a lot of stuff, but because it's different from the 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 military, it's almost like a lateral thinking exercise. Like you're, and to some extent, you're almost. Uh, or actually, I don't even know if I'm I'm saying that right, but 
that really it's almost like you're 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 studying on this channel you know for hard skill development in the MBA, but at the same time, while you're doing that, you're reflecting through your soft skill development and tying it and weaving it into that heart to that hard skill build. So, I I think that that alone creates a very active environment for reflection if you let it be, and then you have people there to connect with in that reflection that can help you you know, reach your goals on the outside as well. Yeah. So I think uh, one of the things I hear and I've seen with the MBA, and I'd like you to just speak on a little bit as to where if you go to somewhere like Emory or Columbia, Harvard and get an MBA, your next step is Microsoft, Deloitte, uh, McKinsey, you know, one of the bigger companies, Coca-Cola or go be a CFO or COO. Where does it, it also translate to the, the, the entrepreneur, right? The guy that's sitting behind here doing a, yep. doing a podcast. Yep. Yeah, no, 100%. And to be clear, you don't need, so the MBA actually ties you higher in McKinsey and all these other spots. The entrepreneur side, you don't need it, um, but you may want it. Um, and so uh, one, I think one of the greatest advantages for entrepreneurship for someone like yourself, in, in my opinion, is when you get amongst that cohort, and you show your character, it really, it has, a, it has a chance to stand out and you have an advocate of executives that are going out afterwards that if you do stand up a business, you're now talking to the decision makers on, you know, possibly purchasing your services uh, because they know you, they know they can trust you and they know how you work because you were you in the program. Um, and so I think there's a certain advantage there that gets built because, you know, you, you almost cash in on your on your uh, character, uh, and not cash in, but you, you essentially like we in, we invest a lot. Like a lot of us don't have the money while we're active duty to to invest in the stock market and do all these other things. We don't have the time, uh, but where we do invest is in building character. And if if you uh, if you really want to capitalize on that or like use that in a way where the gains are exponentially grown. Um, you got to put yourself around other people and give your chance, give yourself a chance to be a good person around them and get things done. And that's a, that's a powerful recipe, man. So, uh, and then not to mention, you know, you get the technical side of understanding the, the, uh, uh, you know, your financial statements, understanding what it is that you're looking for in a customer segment, like all the things that you can, you can get on LinkedIn learning and get the language of it, but until you get messy and you mess with it. Uh, you, you got to go in there, make some mistakes, learn, and and you know that's what universities were made for. Right, absolutely, uh, great point. And as we bring in and, and kind of land the plane here, a couple of questions on the way out. So, if somebody out there that's listening, they're twenty four to thirty six months out from transition from service, either retirement or just transitioning out. Uh, what advice would you have for them? Man, with that timeline out, I. I I mean, it actually doesn't matter. I, I, I would say if one day it ends, um, whether you want it to or not, um, uh, and there is an incredible world to go out to, um, you know, if you, if you are uh, married or, you know, dating someone or uh, even if you're single, sit down and write out what you think life should look like at the age of 65, you know, like actually, you know, draw it, actually draw it out. Don't write it out, draw it. Um, and then 
look at where you're at, where you want to go and ask yourself what you need to do to get there. Um, because it, it, you know, some of these shorter term goals of, you know, of, we, we will base our goals off of comfort if we're not careful, but at the same time, uh, you have to weigh out every factor in that. If, you know, at the age of 65, I want my daughter to call me on a regular basis. Um, and, you know, so there's an investment I have to make in a relationship with her that uh, is very active. It has to be active. And, it, and it's not all, you know, just a little, little baby language talk. It's like, it's real development. I want her, you know, to feel empowered in this world to go take whatever she, you know, whatever she wants. Um, but I would say, sit down and do that. And secondly, um, I would highlight, like, when you look at something, what gives you anxiety to think about? Uh, and this is just my personal philosophy, but I, you know, I'm a big, like, face the storm type of guy. Like, you, you know, it is, uh, it is way better to turn into it and move into it and feel it out than run from the clouds for years, you know? So, uh, if it scares you to learn a hard skill like financial management, or if it scares you to have a conversation about budgeting your household, um, those are the things you probably need to do first. Um, and you start with you and then work your way outward, you know, but that's, I think that's how you begin a level of self-development uh, that makes you much more agile in transition. Um, and then last, drop your expenses. Like the, you know, there's a, a, can't remember what the name of the money, what the name of the movie is, um, but the terminology, Rich, Richard Young, who's now a marketing officer up in, I think he's in Chicago by now, this guy's a genius, he's a really smart, I mean, you, you know Rich. Yeah. Um, uh, we used to play this clip, and it was about the concept of uh, always having uh, fuck you money. <laughs> and uh, I should probably should have given it a, but it's always having that. Well, there's two sides of of uh, of having money. One, if you don't have expenses too high, you you can get it pretty quick. Um, but where we get challenged is when we live right at our means, uh, and then we rely on someone else to reach those goals that I was talking about at the age of 65. You can't do that. You got it. You lower your expenses don't drive like you don't have to drive a new car all the time don't uh eventually you'll get there but if you really want to give yourself the agility on transition uh lower those expenses and and you can you can pounce on things pretty quick and and explore some things yeah yeah great great stuff um so final question here we kind of covered it at the beginning but what are you doing now what's uh what are um what's what's Ray's day to day like now? Where are you at? How's things in Arkansas? What what's going on up there? It is it is dynamic. We are uh, I'm the VP of strategy. I focus on leverage points in the business in three really three sections. Uh, one is the customer interaction. Um, so that goes anywhere from the uh, you know building the customer experience to understanding uh, our customer segment and extending that you know. Um, 
focusing on it uh, same time. Um, the economics of the business. So, you know, what is uh, what is bringing in resources for further growth or for to fund our priorities? Uh, and then uh, really last is the operating systems of the business. So, you know, and what I mean by leverage points is in those three things, customers, uh, operating systems and the economics, uh, it's not about finding uh, all the things we need to do to win. It's asking ourselves, what are the like, what are the, the fewest battles we should fight that were that are going to win the war? So it's you know, it's not that hard to identify the 50 gunfights we need to go get in. It's instead the, to be able to identify, I need a win in these three spots. If we win there, everything else will be true. But finding those spots, I, and I, I love that. That's that's what I live for. And I think it evolves and it emerges from. Uh, the economy, like as it evolves around us, as well as uh, inside the business, as personalities start to mesh and you start to see what people like or dislike, there's uh, a match and a miss in a lot of locations that just creates this amazing opportunity if you capitalize on it. Um, and so, and typically you see that in the, in the, in the, uh, on the financial uh, sheets as well. So, yeah. Nice. Well, right. Uh, great talking to you. I'm sure we'll do this again as you can, you're, I like how you're, you're willing to share your lessons learned as you going on this new path. And I know it's helping a lot of people out, uh, when they listen to you. So appreciate it. Uh, I hear the baby crying in the background. I think there, is that what I heard? So go be, yeah. dad, go be dad for a little while. Uh, thanks for coming on and uh, it was great to see you. Yeah. It was good seeing you too, brother. Thank you for having me. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed listening to Ray there. Always love talking to Ray. Um, he's doing really well up there in Arkansas. Make sure you check out what he's doing either through LinkedIn or uh, send him a message if you know him and uh, check in on him because he, he's doing some great things that I think uh, we could all benefit from as leaders. And one thing I forgot to do before I signed off is tell you to go to the website, uh, bonnetmultimedia.com or just shoot me a message or an email and get you some leading with vulnerability swag. So uh, a t-shirt and a, and a coffee mug and I'll show you a picture of it right here. I think I can, I think I'm that advanced now in my, uh, in my multimedia career, but check it out. Proceeds go directly back to um, the podcast. And then on top of that, you get a coffee mug and a, and a nice t-shirt. So check it out. Make sure you like, share and subscribe on the uh, podcast and we'll see you guys next week.